Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Y'all kept your energy up to getting to the end of the week. Y'all still have energy. I can take a little bit more. Can y'all give a little bit more tonight? Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, it feels good. Unfortunately, this is our last night. Our last night together. I know, I know. I've said this to you many, many times uh, throughout the week, and you might think I'm just saying it, but I really, really mean it. It is a privilege and an honor for me to be able to share with you about my life, but most importantly about the work of Jesus in my life, but also from his word. And i tell you why. Is that Here's the cool part. We're all in this room together, and tomorrow afternoon we're all going to leave and go so many different places. I met Abraham. He's going back to the DR at some point this summer. Anaya going to Owings Mills. Kilbear. Where's Kilbear? Is he? Abraham's gone already? Oh, see? People are leaving, right? And the cool part is we get to come together. We get to meet each other. We get to grow together. And we take our experiences all throughout the world. Isn't that pretty cool? That makes me be pretty amazed. Um, but I know there's been a great honor for me to be here, and I get to come up here and speak every night. But I want you to also have eyes to see the people who are spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, investing in you and loving you, and they always do it without needing any acknowledgement. But tonight, we're going to acknowledge them and let them know how much you care about them. Can we do that? All right. So when I count to three, I want all the campers to stand up. I want you to face your counselor. I want you to yell and clap and make noise. Your counselor's not here. Face another counselor. That's for it in one, two, three. Keep it going, keep it going. That was, that was really good. This is, this is a true story. True story, fact. I think I've been coming to RVR every summer for about nine years, and sincerely, by far, that was the loudest and the longest appreciation clap I have ever heard. Well done, well done. That means your counselors must have loved you guys well this week. Um, so here's the thing that's cool. Hopefully being here, you have received something. Hopefully through the relationships you've had here, the experiences you had here, but also even last night, hopefully you've experienced this place of salvation that Christ has died for your sin and he's given you eternal life. Hopefully you've received that. If you already knew Christ as your Lord and Savior, hopefully you received some peace, some shalom, nothing and nothing. Hopefully this week you have received something, but I want to challenge your perspective about what you have received. A lot of times we think God works in our lives just for us, and he gives us things just for us, and we keep it all to ourselves, but I want to challenge that perspective. Is anybody's birthday, this is a random question, y'all ready? How did you know what I was going to ask? Whose birthday is it today? Where's Jenna? 
Where? Jenna, come up here. Let's clap it up for Jenna. Come on. I didn't even get the question out already. Y'all already knew what I was going to ask. Jenna, hi. Can I ask you how old you are? Is that okay? 14. Jenna is 14. Like, happy birthday, Jenna. So everybody, you will hopefully understand what I'm about to explain. So if I was supposedly give Jenna a cake, and I said, Jenna, this cake is for you. And then at a birthday party, what we tend to do is we, when the cake comes out, what do we light on top of the cake? Candles. candles. We light candles. We would light how many for Jenna? 14. We are going this together. No, nah, not 15. 14. Oh, is that new? They didn't do that when I was younger. So 15, one for good luck. I didn't know about that. So then you give Jenna the cake, and I would give it to her, hold the cake. It's a fake cake here, Jenna. There you go. And then what do we do after that? Can we do that for real tonight? On three. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jenna. They sound good, don't they, Jenna? They sound good. Now, at this moment, if we were at Jenna's birthday party, we would then stop singing. She already blew out the candles, and we would all leave, and she would eat the cake to herself, correct? That's what you would want to do. What we usually do when we see a birthday cake and it comes out, everybody has the expectation that the cake is for who? It's for all of us. What the Lord has given you this week is just like birthday cake. When you see it, it's not just for you. It's for everybody who was in your life. I wish I had a birthday cake for you, Jenna. I don't, but I do have $5 in my pocket. Do you want $5, Jenna? You don't want $5? All right, happy birthday, Jenna. Thank you for coming out. Jenna's a good sport. She's a good sport. But do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Is that what you have received this week, what you have received this week is more like birthday cake, where you know that when you receive it, it's not just for you, but it's for other people. So I want to share two significant thoughts I want you to think about as you leave. I've been praying, bless you, all day saying, Lord, what do I share with my friends before they leave, with my brothers and sisters in Christ? What do I share before they go? And I want you to understand, we talked about out of control, and we talked about how sometimes when things are out of control, we want to take control. But we realize that what it really means is that we give God all control. And as you've given God control of your life, there's something crazy that's going to say, oh, George, it doesn't make any sense. As you've given God control of your life, don't forget that you still have a choice. God still gives you free will. He's giving you a choice. So I told you guys I started a church four years ago. I grew up in a neighborhood that was pretty rough. They had a lot of poverty, had a lot of violence, and then I made it out. That's like everybody's goal, to get out of those things. And I did get out of it. And I was serving at a church that was far away from all of that, and I felt God had called me to go back to hard places. And when I went back to those hard places, I will tell you the last four years have had a lot of hard things because a lot of people are in pain, a lot of people are hurting. There's a lot of chaos in the world. And I would go through moments when I would be in chaos, not because my life is chaotic, but because I chose to walk with somebody else's whose life is chaotic. But here's the difference. When I was your age and I was growing up there, I didn't have a choice. Now when I go back and I experience chaos, 
It's because I chose to be there. There is power in a choice. There is power to be present with someone who's hurting. There is power to go to a friend who feels insecure and who's grieving. And sometimes you might say, I don't feel like hurting like my friend is hurting. But remind yourself that you chose to go there. There is power. And that the Bible tells us this about Jesus Christ, that though he was equal to God, he chose not to use that to his own advantage, but he came down in flesh to use it for our advantage. So you will have a choice where you, will go to, you can go towards something uncomfortable or you can run from something uncomfortable. I want to encourage you, as Christ has given you his peace, as he's giving you your birthday cake, that whenever you see a moment in your family, in your school, where there is chaos, that you would be people who say, I'm going to be a person who brings the peace of Christ, and that you remember in those moments, you always have a choice. I want to read a very familiar scripture that a number of people may have heard of before. If not, I hope as you hear this for the first time, it is pretty exciting. Show of hands if you've heard of Saul who became Paul. Okay, I'm going to read some of that for you. So this is a man named Saul, who at one point when Jesus came and he died, and he was resurrected from the dead, many people believed in Jesus. But there are a lot of people who did not believe in Jesus. And Saul was one of those people who did not believe in Jesus and what he said and what he did. And not only did Saul not believe in Jesus, Saul didn't like the people who did believe in Jesus. So he went after them. He's like a bully. He went after them and beat them up. He would put them in jail. He would do many, many mean things to them. And then Saul encounters Jesus on the road and his eyes, he becomes blind and God changes his entire life. He's blinded still. And I want to read from the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 10. This is after Saul is blinded. It says this, in Damascus, there was a disciple. So Damascus is a town. There was a disciple, a person who believed in Jesus named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from the chief priests to arrest all the people who call on your name. And Ananias is saying this, why are you sending me to Saul? Verse 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So what I want you to see is that God changes Saul's life. He encounters him on the road. Saul is then blind. And in a vision, God goes to Ananias. Ananias, I can say Ananias is you. Your life is put together. You just left RVR. You love the Lord. You learned what shalom was, but not only did you learn it, you experienced shalom. Your life is an amazing thing. I love the Lord. My life is great. And God comes to you and tells you to go talk to the bully in your school. What? God, do you know how bad that person is? You remember when pastor talked about stinky feet? Do you know that person has the stinkiest feet in my entire school? As if God called you and said, I want you to go to the person that has the worst reputation in your entire neighborhood. And Ananias looks at God and says, I can't do this. And God says, go. He is my chosen instrument. So Ananias goes. There will be a moment in your life where you will have to choose to take shalom to places and to people that may be chaotic. 
But I don't want to focus on Saul. Most times when we read these scriptures, we focus on the transformation from Saul to Paul, and that's amazing. But tonight, I want you to leave thinking about Ananias. Because Ananias, even though he was afraid, Ananias, even though he was concerned, he trusted that the Lord, even though the Lord's command seemed out of control, he said, Lord, if you're calling me to go, I will go. This verse will not be on the screen, but I want to read it to you. It's one verse after everything I read to you. I read to you to verse 16. I want to read to you verse 17. It says this, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear these couple of things that he did. Ananias went. He chose to go. He didn't just go. He also entered the house. But he didn't just enter the house. He also went to him and placed his hands on him. Listen, if we're honest, there are people and places that we don't want to go because it's too chaotic. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That we don't want to enter into because it's too chaotic. And people we don't want near us because it's too chaotic. I hope and pray that when the Lord puts it on your heart to go sit at that cafeteria table, with the ones who nobody else sits with, that you'd be willing to go sit. I hope and pray that when the Lord calls you to go be with that family member that nobody talks to, that you will be willing to go. I want to share personally this story, and then I'm almost done. I was mentored by a guy named Pastor Don in Baltimore City, and he messed up my paradigm because he would go talk to anybody, and he would shake hands with anybody. So we'd be walking down the street, and Pastor Don would be praying, and he would pray for anybody. And we'd walk past homeless people, and I'm okay with walking past homeless people. I'm okay with telling homeless people, I love you. I am perfectly fine with telling homeless people that Jesus loves them. But you know what Pastor Don would do? He would get down on his knees, and he would grab their hand and talk to them. Tell me your name. Where are you from? And this man would touch anyone that most of us would be hesitant to touch. And I got to be honest, in that moment, I grew because then I realized, like, I can actually touch people. You know what it does when you come to somebody and you shake their hand? You know what that does? It says, you are a human being just like me. I see you, and you are a human being just like me. There's power in being seen. There's power in being near. There's power in the touch. So my greatest encouragement tonight is that we will be people who receive birthday cake. When you get birthday cake, it's not just for... Y'all sleeping on me? When you get birthday cake, it's not just for... It's for everyone else around you. Can you imagine what would happen as the worship team comes forward? Can you imagine what would happen if all of us left this room and every place we went, we put Shalom there? Wouldn't that be amazing? Every single place we went, we went there and we put Shalom. We went there and we put Shalom and we went there and we would say, we're here, that there would be nothing and nothing. Wouldn't that be amazing? You know you've seen it already. Have you ever mean watch people do bad stuff and they spread the bad stuff they do? Have you ever seen that? Can you imagine what would happen if all of us go to all the communities and the schools and the families we're from and do that? I want to invite the worship team up as I make this last, last thing. Do you know what God does when he wants to do a mighty work? When God looks at this chaotic world and he wants to bring peace, do you know who he calls to do it? 
Are you sure? You sure he doesn't call the chair? You sure he doesn't call speakers? He doesn't call it. You know he calls you. I hope you understand this, that God's greatest instrument, whenever he wants to do something mighty and significant in this world, his greatest instrument are his people. And God has created you and fashioned you, giving you skills and interest to be his light wherever you go. You can be a doctor. Everybody doesn't have to move to the inner city. God may be calling you somewhere to be a doctor. He may be calling you to be a teacher. Whatever it is, I want you to understand now. You might even know who you're supposed to be. But all I want you to know is that God has a plan for you. When he shaped you, when he created you, when he designed you, he did not make a mistake with you. I like to say it this way. We are perfectly imperfect because I'm not a perfect human being, but there is nothing that God made a mistake about with me. And he has work for you to do. His places for you to go, that you can take his shalom. You see, when you receive shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, you don't have to guard yourself anymore because he's given you so much shalom that when you go and give it to someone else, you don't lose or lack anything else. So brothers and sisters in Christ, I pray that this will be a generation that knows God, knows his heart and knows his voice. I pray that you will be a generation that goes to chaotic places rather than hiding behind white picket fences, that you would leap over them and go to people and grab their hands and touch them and see them, and that you would even say, Shalom. Our world will not be the same when we go where the Lord calls us to go. Amen. I have the privilege and opportunity to pray over you one last time. So I'm going to pray, and then I invite you to come forward, and let's sing our last few songs together. Heavenly Father, I pray your blessing among my brothers and sisters in this room. I pray your peace upon them, your shalom. I pray that that peace that surpasses understanding, that they would have your peace even when chaos seems to be all around their lives and they don't understand why they can be calm. May you give them that deep peace that surpasses our understanding, that shalom. I pray that your peace, your shalom would rule their hearts and their minds, that you would keep them from anxiety, but that you would keep them rooted in you. Father, I pray that you would give them the courage that when you call them to go to that person's life who's out of control or to that situation that seems out of control, that you would give them courage to go be present and speak your peace. May they only go where you lead them. May they only become who you have desired and destined them to be. But may this world get a glimpse of your love because of the lives lived well in this room. From the Dominican Republic all the way up to Massachusetts, all the way west to California, may we go and be your instruments for your glory. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this moment. Would you now even teach us how to worship you? May you be glorified in all that we do. We thank you, Father, for the birthday cake. We have tasted and seen that you are good. May you use us that others may also taste and see that you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. 
Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.